Makers of Sport Podcasts, Episode 1, with Matt Hernandez. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the Makers of Sport podcast, episode one. I'm your host, Adam Martin. First of all, I want to give a huge thank you to everyone that has followed me on Twitter at Makers of Sport or listened to episode zero on SoundCloud or iTunes. You can check out uh, or subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Sports Design or Makers of Sport. Uh, Today we have a guest that I have known for a while. We first crossed paths at a sports marketing company by the name of IMG College. At the time, it was called Host Communications. We have Matt Hernandez of Matt Hernandez Photography. What's up, Matt? How you doing? Good, man. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Good. So can you give us a little bit of background about yourself uh, working in the sports industry and on sports projects? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Um, Well, I I went to school for... I majored in studio art with an emphasis in graphic design. I uh, went to Western Kentucky, graduated in 04, and then I was a, a designer for a year at a place called Kid Mode that did Sunday school curriculum. So I did print design for them. And then after that, I got a job with Athlon Sports designing print material. And that's kind of started my my path down the, in the sports industry. And from there, I went on to IMG, like you said, and then University of Kentucky Athletic Department. I was a graphic designer at both places. And then I moved home, I guess, 2010, I guess, is when I moved back to my hometown of Paducah from Lexington. And then just kind of by fluke started doing photography. And I, that's what that's pretty much what I do full time. Now, I do a little bit of, of graphic design still, but it's mainly it's mainly uh, photography. I do a lot of senior pictures and a lot of sports pictures. That's the two main parts of my business. And I've started to do some other stuff too, like for, for magazines. And, um, I, you know, I've recently shot the McDonald's all American games. And so I'm, I'm kind of venturing into other, other areas also, but the, the majority of it's still local. And, um, I, I shoot like a lot of, a lot of little league stuff, a lot of high school teams, that kind of thing. Cool, man. Awesome. So you, you just mentioned that you shot the McDonald's all American game. Uh, we've, we've been kind of retweeting about that. Uh, you shot that iconic image for the, for the kid that won the, the dunk contest. So how did you land that? First of all, how did you land the gig? And then how did you land that spot? Well, um, I I actually, I, I did, I did some design work, or no, I'm sorry, some photography work for Athlon, my old company for their basketball season preview. And I still keep in touch with their art director, Matt Talaferro. He and I are good friends. And he just mentioned that he, that he, that they, Athlon buys photos for their preseason annuals for, um, for basketball from the photographer that shoots the McDonald's All American games that shoots the, the new highly recruited incoming freshmen because they don't have any other, a, a lot of other access to photos of those guys. So he said that I should contact them and, and, and ask about it. And I did. And, um, he put me in contact contact with uh, the agency that that runs that does all the PR for the games and they've done it for a long time Golan Harris and so I just emailed their marketing director back and forth for about 6 months and told her I was interested and I sent her samples you know every few weeks or so and uh, some packets in the mail and and it paid off and they they just so happened to need another photographer so 
um, when the time came, you know, I, I was still keeping in touch with her, and, and they ended up hiring me. And I'm glad that they did because it was it was a long week. I mean, it was probably you know 8 a.m. to 2 a.m. just about every day. But and it was I mean it was a ton of work. I shot over 11,000 images that week, but it didn't really feel like work because everybody that I was working with from the agency was really super nice, and they you know they showed me, you know, the ropes and how to, how to do everything and, um, kind of took me under their wings. And, um, it was, it was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty great experience. And, and just being around, I followed the team all week and, and took pictures at practice, you know, when they went to eat at McDonald's, the Ronald McDonald house, which is really cool. And then, you know, obviously I shut the games too, which was really neat and, you know, the dunk contest, but, um, you know, you really get to see, you, you, you meet the players and kind of get to see, you know, what, what they're like away from away from the court and just kind of what goes on behind the scenes. It was really neat. So um, definitely, definitely one of the coolest experiences I've had since I've been a photographer. Awesome, man. So do you shoot those guys, do you shoot each one of those people, guys and girls individually? Like does each have like their own individual shot? Well, they do. Um, if you, if you watch the games, I didn't see them. We actually had my wife recorded them, but I think ESPN, the ESPN you did, I know they did the dunk contest and the skills competition. I don't know about the girls game. I think that may have been on ESPN also, but I know it was at least on ESPNU. And then the guys game was on ESPN and they have a little player intro for all of them, which it's a series of photos that kind of flip through the other photographer that was, that worked with me all week, Brian Spurlock. He, he is a seasoned veteran when it comes to sports photography and he's shot, I mean, just about anything, you name it. Um, he shot. Yeah, I know Brian, he did some work, uh, at, host communications when i was there i think he shot michigan the michigan game program oh, okay, great yeah yeah brian's brian's been around for for a while and he's he really knows his stuff he's shot jeter and manning i mean you you name him you know if it's a famous athlete he's probably taking pictures of him but uh, of them um so anyway he he's worked he's done the games for i think 20 years and so he did all the main player portraits and then of everybody all 48 kids and then i actually because, you know, as you know, one of my areas of specialty is composite photography where I, I'll shoot somebody on a, on a green screen or white background and then take that out and, and Photoshop them into another environment. So I did, I, we called them just special portraits of, of the top, I think six, the top girls players and the, t- and the five top guys players. I, I did, I'm doing a composite of all of them. So, and then, you know, I just took, I, that was all the portraits that I did. I actually got one of the, all the four Kentucky recruits that are going to Kentucky and then a couple others too, uh, some Ohio state kids and Louisville also, but those weren't planned. Those kind of just, I'd happen to have time and they wanted them. So I did them. Um, so the rest of the week was pretty much event coverage and, you know, going to practice every day and, and kind of following the team around the whole time. Awesome, man. So, so when speaking of composites, uh, you're really good at this and I think you have a couple of tutorials and stuff online, right? I do. So I was curious if you could kind of give me a little bit about that process. Um, you know, what do you do as far as, do you have something standard that you do every single time or, you know, does it kind of, is a lot of trial and error involved? There, I mean, there is trial and error, but you definitely develop techniques that work because, I mean, there's certain things that you can't, it kind of depends on the subject. You can't, like, for instance, a girl, girl's hair, as you know, is extremely hard to cut out and make it look realistic. So, you know, that you learn there's different ways to shoot blondes as opposed to, as opposed to brunettes and, and people with, and girls with black hair, you know, that kind of thing. And then, uh, you know, techniques to get, I mean, little details when it comes to compositing makes a huge deal or makes a huge uh, difference in being able to, to sell the photo as looking realistic or, or looking completely fake. And, and small things like, 
arm hair showing or, you know, or like flyaway hairs on girls, you know, things like that. If you just completely chop those off, because I know when I was a graphic designer, I used the pen tool a lot and I still do use the pen tool, but I've had to learn how to use that in conjunction with other tools to make, to make the cutouts look more realistic. Because if you just cut something out and put them on a background and there's no, there's no hair like on somebody's arms, you know, or even girls have hair on their arms, even though it may be small, like things like that, it really, it can really, you know, it's a red flag and people may not realize it's a red flag, but they can see something's wrong. So little things like that. Uh, I've experienced it might look unnatural. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and I think, I think because I used to be a graphic designer and also because we both worked at host, but you know, we did a lot of cutouts working there and, and IMG, I guess is what it is now. But, um, so that's kind of why I gravitated to, to that kind of stuff was because I already sort sort of did that whenever I was a designer, but now I've kind of geared it towards, instead of just putting them in on like a cover, cutting them out for that, I, you know, I try to actually make it photo realistic and it, it looks a little bit maybe like hyper real or a little bit too real sometimes, but that's kind of the point of it is to make it look stretched beyond a, a normal photograph. But at the same time, you want the, the, the viewer to look at it and think, well, is this real or is it fake? You know, and kind of have that question. And that's kind of when you know you've done a good job as far as I'm concerned, what I try to accomplish with that sort of stuff. So, um, but yeah, there's, you know, I've, I've experimented with green screen, shooting on gray, shooting on white. And I always come back to white. It seems like the, the easiest one to cut people out unless you have a blonde and that can be kind of tricky, but there's still, there's still techniques that you can use. But I think that, and it's always an evolving process. I, I kind of, I'll, I'll do something and I'll do it for a while and then I'll start to tweak it. And then before long, you know, over the course of a year or six months, then you, you know, developed a new technique and you're, you look back at what you were doing a year ago and it's similar, but it's changed. So yeah, I mean, I do, I do a lot of the same things over and over, but then, you know, it's, it's like being a designer. Then you develop new things and new tools that might help you accomplish your goal easier. And so then you start doing things a little bit differently. Have you found that, um, sort of developing a, a style, like a, like a specific look, um, you know, cause a lot of your look, I feel like I can tell when I see it, you know, that this is something that Matt did. Is that something that you did intentionally or is it, was it sort of subconscious? Like you just, it just started to happen. You know, it's funny because I, I can look at, I can look at like when I see your designs, I can tell that they're yours too. And I've always been told that people can tell when the design is mine or when a photograph is mine. And I, I haven't done it intentionally, but I mean, you definitely, you definitely want that because you want your work to be different than other people's. And, you know, when I started doing photography, especially I, I was, you know, I've only been doing it for four years or not quite four years. So I'm still developing my style. I feel like I, I don't have something like, I know that other people say that a lot, but I feel like there's still things that, that I can develop further and become even more distinct because that's really when you know you've got something special when somebody when anybody can look at your work and say that's Matt Hernandez's and I don't I don't know that I have that quite yet I think that I'm 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 going in that direction and that's definitely where I want to end up but you know I think that just by repetition you naturally develop that because everyone draws inspiration from from other people and photography there's a lot of copycats and and that's okay to look at somebody else's work and maybe try to copy it in initially so you can maybe develop some techniques similar to theirs. But then it's just only natural. If you do something enough times, even if you're 
using somebody else's technique, then eventually it will change and become your own. And so I think I've actually heard a lot of interviews by other professional photographers that have been doing it for a long time, like Zach Arias. He's a commercial photographer in Atlanta. I just watched an interview with him recently, and he said that he thinks that it takes 10 years to, to develop a style. So um, I'm not quite there yet. I'm actually not even halfway there. But I think I, a lot of the guys that I follow have been doing it for 10, 15, 20 years, and they're the ones that are like super distinct. You can tell when something's theirs more than anybody else. And so I, I'm, I'm kind of looking at it like that, like I've got a little ways to go, but I'm building towards that. And that, that's a, essentially, a, you know, obviously where I want to be, be because I think that at that point, I've all, I'm, you know, you know, you mentioned the tutorials thing. I'm, I'm very interested in teaching and doing more of that in the future. And I think that once you, once you have that style that's very unique, I think that's when you can really capitalize on being a teacher because I, I enjoy helping other people and I, and I think it's a fun process and I want to do that as much as I can. So hopefully I'll be able to do that more in the future too. And that style is a lot of, a big part of that, I think. Very cool, man. That's awesome. Uh, so what's the, you shoot um, really a range of, of projects, obviously not, not just sports related work, but um, what's, what's it like to work with, say high school athletes versus college versus, you know, even, even some of the higher levels of college. I know that you shot Russ Smith for that was Athlon, right? Uh huh. That, yeah. That, and yeah, he was, he was unbelievable. I, I don't know that I've ever shot anybody that was as easy to work with as he was. He was great. Now it doesn't always happen like that, but. Does personality play a lot into it? Like with it, how easy the person is to work with? A absolutely. Um, because, you know, everybody's different. And that's, and that's one thing that, that's, that's part of your style when you're a photographer is learning how to deal with people and different personality types. Because if, if you, it, I'm, I'm a good example. I can take, I can take decent pictures, but as far as getting my picture made, I'm, I'm one of the worst that I've ever seen it. Cause I'm so, I'm very reserved and, and it's hard for me, especially when I'm in front of the camera, to do what somebody's if it's something that's not natural. Which you want people to act natural in front of the camera, but telling somebody to smile, you know, you never you never get a good smile when you say smile. You know, you have to get it out of them. And so that's one thing that you kind of have to de develop is is how to, to deal with different personality types. And when you have somebody like Russ, who is is very he's really friendly and he's genuine and he's you know it makes it easier to work with. And he. He literally everything I asked him to do, he nailed it on almost the first try. I mean, it was it was almost too easy. Uh, he's such a he's and he was late to the photo shoot. He was super apologetic, and I, I you know, I had to tell him it was okay because he was worried that he was like, you know, that that I was I was mad. But you know, it, it was it wasn't even his fault that he was late. He was late. The air the airplane that he was flying in on was late. But um, so you know, and and from then on, you know, he relaxed a little bit, and and it took maybe thirty minutes to to do the shoot, and we got tons of images that Athlon is still using now. So and then. You know, you have other kids that that are more reserved, similar to my personality, and it's a lot. You have to work with them a lot more, and it can be difficult if there's other people around because you know, especially then, it's hard to get people to relax, and you really don't start to get true emotion out of somebody until they do relax. So that's always always a challenge. Now, l luckily, a lot of the high school athletes that I shoot in my hometown. I've done pictures for them for a while, and so they they already know me, and they know that I'm kind of dry and sarcastic, and so it's easier to work with them than somebody that I've just met, you know. So because that you know that they've got to adapt, you don't just have to adapt to them; they have to adapt to you a little bit too to get to get what you need. So it's uh, it it, it kind of just depends on the person. I've had you know I've I've shot a couple of professional athletes, and they were all great. You know I've shot some you know the college kids, like you said. And, you know, a few of them have been more reserved, a few of them more dynamic. And it just it, it doesn't really matter what level they're at as much as what their personality is like, I guess. 
Cool. So do you, like, I personally find working, you know, in this field that you, you know, as you work with different athletes or different teams, you sort of get sucked into the tradition yep. or, or that particular person's personality and you, you sort of become a fan of them. Um, so have you found that to be true as well? I know we're both, uh, obviously university of Kentucky basketball fans, but you know, in a, in an instance where you're shooting Russ, you have to be completely, completely, sorry, completely objective. Right. And be professional. Yeah. Right. Um, and really, really approach it with no biases. So have you found that, that you're finding it a lot, lot easier to pick up a lot diff- of other athletes and teams to cheer for now that you've been doing this? Absolutely. It, you know, Russ is another perfect example because like you said, I mean, I worked at UK, I've always been a UK fan and I've never really hated Louisville. Uh, a lot of UK fans do obviously. And I've never been like that. I've always rooted for Kentucky against Louisville because that's their main rival. But this year was a little bit different. I I wanted, I wanted to Kentucky, Kentucky to do well. They're, they're still my favorite team, but even when they played, when they played Russ, I couldn't, I couldn't help it. I had to root for him a little bit because he's such, he's such a good, he seems like such a good person. He's so genuine and he was so easy to work with. That kind of thing sticks with you. And I, you know, I, I just, I, you can't not root for somebody like that. So it, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the, and, and it's like that, you know, with my high school stuff too, because I went, I'm from Paducah. I went to Lone Oak, which is now the three county high schools recently consolidated to make McCracken County. And so, you know, but I've always shot the rivals, you know, Paducah Tillman, and I do a lot of pictures for them too. I do all McCracken's pictures, which those two schools are huge rivals. They're each other's biggest rival. And so, you know, you know, used to, I would, I would always root for Lone Oak or McCracken against Tillman. But now, you know, that I'm taking pictures for those kids at Tillman and I know them and I have a relationship a lot of, with a lot of the parents, you know, I'm more neutral now. And it's not because I want to be, it's just because I am, because once you, you know, when you develop relationships with people, you know, you, you can't root against them. So yeah, it's, it's, I've definitely found myself as less of a fan for, especially on the high school level, but in the college level, even too, with Kentucky and Louisville taking pictures for both of them. So how does your, um, obviously we talked about you being a graphic designer and getting a degree in graphic design. How does that play into now becoming a photographer? Well, I've, I've heard a lot of people say that graphic designers make the best photographers because, and I, and I kind of think that that's, that's got a little bit of truth to it. And I was, I think that really helped me transition really fast because I already knew Photoshop pretty well and I knew how to compose things. Um, you know, I could kind of see, you know, from being a designer, I kind of see things before it happens. And I know I maybe incorporate graphical elements like, you know, like lights that are turned on at a stadium or, or seats or, you know, whatever is in the background. I can, I, I try to incorporate those into the photo before I start taking it. You know, I kind of see the, the, the scene developing a little faster than maybe just a, a, a trained photographer might just, and I'm not saying that trained photographers don't do that because they certainly do, but, but you see it differently as a designer, I feel like. And I think that that's helped, that's helped develop my style. Number one. And number two, it, it the, the transition as far as, is the post-processing was a lot faster. So I think it's, I, and I always tell people, cause I have a lot of uh, kids, we do the career fair at the high school here and, and that sort of stuff. And kids that ask me about photography, I always tell them, that it's a good idea. Number one, to take a business, to take some business classes in college. But number two, you know, a graphic design classes or any other type of art class really can help you with, you know, art kind of works together, whether it's painting or drawing or, or anything in, in photography, they all can kind of mesh together because they're all creative and they all cause you to look at things a little bit differently. So I think that being involved in other areas, especially graphic design can definitely help you when you do something like I do for a living. 
do you ever find yourself being in a situation where your design background might hurt you um, in this industry? Say you might be clashing with an art director on something or you have a completely different opinion? Um, yeah, not really. I, I haven't, I, I've been pretty lucky. I haven't really, I haven't really had any problems like that. I don't guess, uh, usually, and I haven't worked with any, uh, I wouldn't say any, I, I, I haven't worked with a lot of big art directors. So that's, that's something that's, that's, I haven't really gotten to yet. I guess a lot of the stuff that I've done, people give me free reign on it. And maybe I it might, and that might be, that might not be good, honestly, because if I ever get in that situation, it might, might make it harder on me. But luckily, you know, people, most everybody I work with has seen my work and they trust me. They might have some input, but I've not really, I've not really butted heads with anybody yet, but I always try to, to make an effort, whether it's a senior parent or a magazine or whatever, you know, you've always got to listen to their ideas too, and at least try them. And if they don't work, they don't work, but you've got to make an effort to do that because, you know, you're in a partnership with somebody when you're taking pictures for them. So, you know, and plus you don't, you want to, you want them to feel like that they have input too, because that gets them more interested in what's going on, which is always a good thing. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, sometimes parents have terrible ideas and sometimes they have great ideas that, that maybe I wouldn't even think would work. And then I try it and it does. So, you know, I always try to at least give, give people the benefit of a doubt and give it a shot if they have an idea. Cool, man. Speaking of, uh, you know, working on, uh, magazines, what, what is that process like? Like when, when a magazine company contacts you sports publication or whatever, like how does, how does that work? Uh, well, typically, you know, there's, there's not, there's not much negotiating. It's not like a commercial job that, you know, you can't really say, well, I, I need my day rate of $1,500 or whatever it is. You know, they, they typically will call you and tell you, you know, it's $500 for the shoot. And that, you know, that's, it's either take it or leave it. And then, you know, you'll get gas and, and, you know, expenses and that type of thing. But they will typically tell you a general idea of what they want. And, you know, I've shot for, um, a couple, a few times for Athlon, and they just gave me like a general shot list. For the for games, it's a shot list. For portraits, it's uh, I mean, I think all Matt Calafero told me was just for it to be dynamic and have dimension to it, and he wanted some some action stuff. So and some post stuff. That's pretty much it. When I shot for Sports Illustrated in December, uh, their director of photography, Brad Smith, was pretty specific. He said that he didn't want anything super dramatic. It was on a white seamless and he just wanted as many options as possible. That's one of the big things actually with magazines is they want options. So you, you know, you need to be conscious of that. If it's sports, you know, do action, do pose, turn people, you know, every which way you can, you know, different angles, wide angle, telephoto, you know, run the gamut is in in the, you know, usually don't have a really long time, but you know, in the amount of time you have looks as you can, that way, you know, they feel like they've, they've got their money's worth. If you, if you, cause you could do one portrait for somebody for a magazine and it'd be perfect. They're always going to want to see more. And so you need to do those other ones. If nothing else, even if you take the first shot of the shoot and it's, it's perfect, you know, you've got it. You need to try other looks just to make them happy because they want to see, because you never know what a designer is going to do, you know, and that's a good thing too, because I, I've got that background. So I know that you know, the photo can dictate what you do sometimes, but sometimes you have a spot you have to work with and, you know, you need options to put in there. You know, the, if you just take one portrait and it's horizontal, but they need a vertical shot for, a, you know, for a, an article, then, you know, that's not going to work. So you need to give them as many options as you can, because a lot of times going into it, they don't know for sure what they're doing yet, like as far as layout goes. Cool. So there's a uh, there's a little little story you told me a while ago about. Uh, sending a shoe design to Nike. Can you talk a little bit about, about that? <laughs> yeah, I've always, 
when I was growing up, I always, I think it was called commercial artist back then, whenever you and I were, you know, younger. I, I don't guess it's, I don't any, think anybody calls it anymore, but I think that's what graphic design used to be. And I've always been interested in art. I, I've always drawn since I was a young, since I was, you know, in elementary school, I, I started drawing. And my, a lot of my family's like that on my mom's side. There's a lot of painters and, and artists. So, that's kind of where I developed my love for, for all kinds of art. But then when I got to middle school, I, I, I've always loved sports too. So I, my friend and I just started designing Nike basketball shoes. And, and I think we ventured out to other, some, some other sports too, like baseball and tennis and that kind of thing. We did a lot of them. I would sit in class and draw shoes all the time instead of paying attention. And then eventually one day I, I ended up sending, I think, three designs for basketball shoes to Nike. And they actually wrote me back. A letter. I, I I wish I would give anything just about to have that letter back now because that would be that was really cool. I, I mean, I thought it was the the best thing ever that they actually wrote me back and they said they really like my designs, but they couldn't use them. You know, blah blah blah. I don't even remember what it said completely, but it was <laughs> it was awesome neat that, that they, they actually wrote you yeah, back, though. yeah oh yeah I can't believe it. I couldn't believe it then. I definitely can't believe it now because I know how busy I am. Those guys at Nike, there's no telling how busy they are. But um, so that, that was pretty neat. But I you know. It, I, so I've kind of wanted to do what I'm doing my whole life, I guess you could say. And it's it's I never dreamed of being a photographer, but it's kind of I try to mesh design and photography into one. I'm not exactly designing shoes, but I guess it's similar to that anyway. So um, yeah, so I you know I've I've had I've had the the drive and the desire to do this type of thing for a long time. So did you initially know back when you were in school or even before that, that you wanted to get into something sports related or did it just kind of fall into your lap? No, it fell in my, it fell in my lap completely. I was, it was, I was at my first job and I wasn't really making very much and they weren't giving me a ton of work. So I, I, you know, I was always looking for jobs and I was in Nashville at the time and I th- and the job at Athlon was, was open and I applied for it. And that, I got an email a couple of days later, you know, asking me to interview. And I, I didn't really know what Athlon was. I kind of did, but I, I knew that like I was, you know, 24 and still my heart was still in college. I still kind of wanted to be in college with all my buddies. And so I, we were actually, I was going with a few friends to a Notre Dame tennis, the Notre Dame, Tennessee football game that same weekend the, we were leaving the Friday I had to interview for the job at Athlon. And I mean, I was, I was almost to the interstate and I almost got off on the interstate to go to my buddy's house. I almost didn't go to the interview. And I'm, I'm really thankful that I did because if I hadn't, I would have never gotten that job. And if I hadn't gotten that job, I wouldn't have worked at, you know, at IMG or, or UK and I wouldn't be where I am now. So it's a good thing that I went and it, and it was kind of luck that it happened because like I said, I, I was applying for everything that I saw. I didn't even really know what Athlon was and it ended up being what got me into the sports industry. And, you know, it's not necessarily easy to get into this industry and, and to, and to take it to, to the level that I did with the, with working for IMG in UK. So I, I was definitely lucky uh, that that happened. So, um, you know, and, and I, I did never expect it, but it, it's, it's good that it did because I, you're, you and I are a lot alike in, you know, respect that we love, we love design and photography and we, and we love sports as much, if not more. So it's, 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 it's almost per- a perfect job for me doing what I do. Yeah. I, um, I had a conversation the other day with Chris Radcliffe, who is the former photographer of EKU. And he's the one that shoots those posters that I design. And we were talking about how the camera, his camera and, and what I do, it lets us to live this life that we never were going to be able to live as athletes. (laughs) Exactly. Yes. That's, that's very well said. That's perfect. Yeah. That's right. Cause I, and I, I never, 
I didn't even really, I wasn't even good at high school athletes. So even more so for me. So <laughs> I definitely wouldn't be getting to do the cool stuff like the, you know, a couple weeks ago at the McDonald's games, I would never have gotten to do anything like that. Cause it's neat to see, you know, you don't get the full life, but you get a taste of it, I guess. So it's, right. you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Right. So, um, what's, what's next for you, man? What's next for you and your business? Well, I've got, um, you know, I've got a 10 month or 11, almost 11 month old son now. That's kind of changed my philosophy a little bit. I, I still, for a while, I was hell bent on being a commercial photographer and I wanted to be the guy from the small town that made it doing that. And just being away from him, I went to, I went to Chicago for the McDonald's games. And then the week after that, I came home for a few days. The week after that, I went to Atlanta for Photoshop World. And being gone from my wife and my son, it killed me. And and I, you know, it was and it was really fun where I was the whole time, you know, in Chicago and Atlanta. But at the same time, it was really hard. And you know, when you think about it, you you know, you everybody wants to do what they do at the highest level. At least I do, anyway. I know that you do. So you know, you'd automatically think shooting professional athletes for commercial clients would be would be the 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 pinnacle of of being a sports photographer. And, and I think that it is, but you can still take cool pictures of high school kids too. You know, you can take the same cool pictures. You can take LeBron, uh, you know, you can take a, a you know, a six, three standout guard from McCracken County and do the same, t- almost the same type of picture you could do for him. It doesn't have to be a famous athlete. So I think that I still want to do that stuff. I had a lot of fun in Chicago and I hope that they asked me back because I definitely want to do it again. And I'm going to keep trying to work for Athlon and other magazines and, you know, and, and hopefully try some commercial stuff here and there. I don't know that I want to be on the road all the time just because of my family. So we're really trying to focus on our local stuff right now and see and see where that where that takes us. And, you know, just kind of just kind of take it one day at a time. I'm not 100 percent sure because, you know, I definitely wouldn't turn down big commercial jobs if they came my way. But at the same time, I'm going to try to I may not be as focused on that. And I may try to do, you know, try to work on my business here a little bit more. And then eventually, you know, if that stuff happens, it happens. But I'm not going to put any pressure on myself. Cool, man. So what do you have any advice for anybody that's looking to get into sports related photography or even design? Yeah, it's really hard. Um, that's that's one of the hardest fields to be in because everybody wants to take pictures of, of sports, especially games. Now, portraits is a little bit of a different animal because you have to use lighting and that scares a lot of people away that aren't trained in it because it's, you know, it's not easy to learn how to do that type of stuff and it's not easy to learn how to work with people. So, going to games and taking action shots is is what a lot of people fall back on and start doing because it, it's a little bit easier as far as like taking the picture. You don't necessarily have to deal with another human being. You're taking pictures of them, but they but they're doing their thing. You know, you don't have to interact with them, so that makes it a little bit easier. Um, you know, I would say more na- more now than ever. Style. This goes back to what we were talking to talking about before. Style is important because cameras are so good now that anybody can buy a nice camera and take a decent picture, especially outside during the day, which is when, you know, a lot of these, a lot of sporting events are going on. So you have to do something that's different. And I'm still trying to figure that out myself. You don't want to be a clone of anybody else because if you are, you're not going to get noticed. So you have to, and the only way that you do that is by shooting as much as possible and trying things that you may not think will work. You know, you have to continue to try to once, once you, I mean, obviously getting, getting started is one thing you have to learn how to make a correct exposure and how to take good action shots or portraits. And then from there, that's when you can start to be creative once you've got that part down. So 
you know, you've got to try to be different, even if it's something that, you know, even if you try something that doesn't work, it doesn't matter because it's, a, it's all a process. And you might, it, you might try something else that's similar, but you tweak something just a, just a hair and it does work, you know, and then that may be, that may, that will all help develop you down the road and, and create something that's different from everybody else because it's a lot harder now because there's a lot more photographers out there, I think, you know, and, and phone cameras are getting good now. I mean, everybody's a photographer. So it's, you know, the, the cream of the crop will stand out even more now, but it's going to be a lot harder to get to that point, I think. So, cause taking, taking a technically good picture is not good enough anymore because anybody can do that. Yeah. It seems like the barrier to entry has, has gotten pretty low in terms of Joe, anybody can just get a pretty decent camera even even a a thousand dollar camera or whatever, and the camera itself is going to take good pictures, but obviously composition and things like that. On the on the field though, going back to that that area, what how much what's like the percentage of shots that you get out there that you can actually use? I mean, because obviously they're moving and things like that. Yeah, um, man, it's you know, it, 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 I guess it kind of depends on how good you are. I am. I'm not really an action guy. Now I have shot some games for Athlon and I've been to some NFL games to, you know, and, and, and I, I think that I've still got a little bit further to go in that area. I, I feel like that I'm solid. I'm, I'm definitely not great. I think that it's a lot harder than you probably think it is, even though the cameras are so fast and so good, you have to anticipate things. So knowing the sport is a big part of it, but you know, it, it's, especially when you've got those big 400 millimeter lenses that don't zoom in and out, they're so tight. Like you kind of have to know where you're going before you go there. And so I would say the percentage of shots, I mean, you might, I might come away from an NFL game with maybe 200 that I could use, but I mean, you could take, you could take more. I mean, I, I think the UK Missouri game that I shot for Athlon, I think I, I think I took like over 2000 photos maybe. And wow. I think I delivered them. I didn't really count because I did. I had a shot list of everybody I needed to get, and I got everybody on that. But I mean, I would say it was less. It was two hundred, maybe. I mean, and, and you know, you might have other guys that are that are you know work for Sports Illustrated as a staff photographer. They 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 would probably have more than me just because they you know th- that's a different level, I guess you could say. Um, but you know, it's going to be a lot smaller than you think. And then you know, also the motor drive on those things is so fast. I mean, it's like, they take like eleven frames per second. So you know, on a run, you might have. 20 photos of the of a running back and they're all similar, you know, but you, so you may only take one or two of those. So, you know, you're going to have a lot of stuff that you don't use. So, um, it definitely can take up some hard drive space. That's for sure. What's, um, what's, what's one of your favorite iconic sports related photographs or even identities? Let's see, man, let me think about that. Uh, well, I guess, you know, action probably posed action shots are, are one of the things that I admire the most because there's nothing harder, especially if you're doing a composite or something, you know, something like that where you're going to cut a guy out because there's nothing harder than trying to get a true emotion out of somebody in an action shot when they're not actually playing. So a lot of, a lot of Nike ads and Under Armour, things like that. I can't think of any specifically right now, but there's quite a few out there. LeBron comes to mind because I can think of a few for sure that I've seen of him in Nike ads where he's maybe dunking or about to dunk a basketball or something like that. And, you know, he's got, he's yelling or, or has true emotion on his face. That's, those are the hardest ones to get. So I kind of, I kind of look at those and think, man, that's, that to me is what iconic is because it's harder to, 
it's harder to fake that than get it like in a game maybe. And, and you know, action shots in games are awesome. Like you, you talked about the, the shot of Grayson Allen from the dunk contest of the McDonald's games. That, that was really cool. But at the same time, I, don't, I wouldn't take as much pride in that as I would a portrait of him doing the same type of thing because I didn't tell him to do any of that. He just did it, you know, and I pressed the shutter. And, and you, you, know, you have to have a certain level of skill, I guess, to do that. But at the same time, portraits to me are a whole different level. So, um, that shot was beautiful, man, by the way. Thank you. I, I kind of got lucky because, I mean, the guy, who's, uh, Jalil Okafor, who he was dunking over, was seven foot tall or is seven foot tall. And then, you know, so I was really worried. When he went back, I knew what he was doing, and I got really nervous. My hands started sweating because, you know, I had like a split second when he – because I couldn't see him until he jumped. And then, you know, at that point, you don't have long to get your focus in and then, you know, then the, the, it's going to be over. And luckily I got it. But and I, I, I mean, I had the best seat in the house for that. And, and I looked at that. I've zoomed in all the way. I mean, that thing, I kind of got lucky because it's perfectly it's perfectly centered. I mean, everything is like exactly in the center. And that's kind of what you want for something like that, uh, for, for a shot like that right under the basket. Yeah, it's so symmetrical, man. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, I mean, I, and I'm not going to I mean, I was going for that, but I'm not going to say it was 100 percent skill because there was a little luck involved, too, because there's been plenty of times when things happen fast like that, that I haven't gotten the shot. So I'm just glad that I did because it was it was a pretty cool moment. And just the, everything that went into that, too, the fact that he's going to do. Jalil's going to Duke. Uh, another another point guard. Uh, I think is it Tyrus Jones that's going to Duke? Is that his name? I think I think that's his name. But anyway, he was over there in the corner. He's like he's the the most prominent person in the picture besides those two. And then he had a you know Grayson had a Jason Williams jersey on. Jason was there you know announcing the game, and it was I don't know it was pretty cool because the kid a kid in the stands threw that jersey down to him. He didn't have it. And Jason Williams happened to be there, so it was almost like I don't know. It was almost like too good to be true. All that worked out, and then uh, Jalil put the Duke hat on, and 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 then plus he made the dunk. So it, I mean, everybody went crazy when that happened. It was pretty awesome. That's awesome, man. That's awesome that you got to do that. Well, Matt, is there is there anything else you'd like to say? Let anybody know. Uh, tell tell us about your website where where we can check you out at. Um, yeah, I've actually got two websites, MattHernandezCreative.com. That's, I guess that's my main website. That's got all of my stuff on it. That's got my senior pictures and my senior athletes. And then it's also got a link to my regular athletes portfolio. That's on a different website, Matt Hernandez Photography, all by itself. So when you click on that link, it goes to a new one or a different one just because if I am if I am going to do any commercial photography, I want them to look at just my sports work as opposed to the other stuff too. So that's why I have two. So you know, I tr- I hope that's not too confusing to people. But uh, one thing that I do want to mention, I'm I'm actually working with Miller's Lab. I don't know how many photographers listen to this, but uh, Miller's is a pretty big print print company, and I outsource all my prints to them at Impix Pro, which they're the same company. But they have a design market where photographers and graphic designers that design templates for, you know, graduation invitations, book layouts, you know, that kind of thing. You can go to the design market and purchase templates for Photoshop if you don't have time to make your own. So I'm actually partnering with them to start doing some of my own sports photography templates for memory mates and posters and trading cards and that type of thing. So hopefully we're going to have some of that stuff up in the next couple months. And I'm really excited about it because, you know, like I told you, I don't do a lot of design anymore. I still love it, and this is going to help me go back to some of that as well as do photography too. So, um, so hopefully that's going to work out. I think it should be pretty cool. Very cool, man. I really appreciate it. I yeah. uh, just want to let everybody know that um, you can also follow Matt at Matt Hernandez on Twitter. And um, so next up, we have Joe Bozak. He's a sports identity designer. Um, he his website is 
joebozak.com, J-O-E-B-O-S-A-C-K. You can follow him on Twitter at J-B-O-S-A-C-K. He recently released a new identity for Austin P University, which is an Ohio Valley Conference school. Uh, we'll have him up. We got a we got quite a few interviews lined up. Again, I'm very appreciative of everybody that has listened so far and followed on Twitter. Um, for those of you that may not have followed yet, uh, at Makers of Sport is the Twitter account. And then you can also subscribe on iTunes, and I will put a, sh- a link in the show notes. Want to give a big shout out and good luck to everybody running the Boston Marathon coming up. My father-in-law has run it seven times, so um, I, I have an, an interest in it. Um, and really, after last year, uh, the, you know the nation's going to be watching, and we're going to be cheering everybody on. So, best of luck to everybody. My name is Adam Martin, host of Makers of Sport. Site's going to be launching soon. Makersofsport.com. You can follow me on Twitter at T Adam Martin. I appreciate it. Until next time.